We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful friends. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. It's an exquisite, magical day. And I hope it is for you as well. I'm curious. Do you find yourself worrying about things that are happening in your life? Are you stressed about what could happen? I was surprised to find that over 60 million people in America suffer from anxiety or depression. In other words, Many Americans are super stressed, and I know for a fact I used to be one of these people. For the most part, I've relinquished my anxiety and have learned to trust the process of life. Here are some wise words from Steve Maraboli. You must learn to let go, release the stress. You were never in control anyway. But this can be something that is much easier said than done. So if you're ready not to just learn to cope with stress, but experience lasting relief from it, my guest today can really help you. Catherine Tristan is the author of Why Worry? Start Coping and Start Living. Stop Coping and Start Living. Catherine is a research scientist and has written and co-authored more than 250 articles for publications such as Parade and Scientific America. She's also on the faculty of Washington U School of Medicine. Despite Catherine's professional success, she lived a life riddled with worry, anxiety, and panic until she found a way to recover permanently by doing things differently and working from the inside out. Catherine has committed herself to sharing her simple but powerful and effective strategies to help others help themselves eliminate the toxic experience of stress in their lives. So Catherine, thank you so much for being here and having this conversation today. Oh, well, thank you very much for having You're, me. We're not even here So I'm going to say the title so of your book again because I one of the first things I, that I like people to try Why to think worry? about is just Stop coping what is my mind start saying living. to me? And if <laughs> I'm worrying, That's it. what is actually going let's, on? Let's it's get into this. I want to know how we to can write about start your worries. Uh, you know, even 20 minutes I, I finished your book. Uh, twice I love a week. It. I uh, get it out of that circling mode. And I'm so excited about having this conversation a little deeper way with you. So I think the first thing to appreciate is to understand can we start worry is a natural to process. It's worry. good for us, actually. Well, and it, the first step that it helps is us to begin to understanding ahead uh, that you but are we worrying, and especially a lot of times when we go to the dark side circulating of worry, in your mind, which is what uh, most like of us loop. do. That's the time to uh, be aware of it and to change what you're saying to yourself. I like what you're saying. So, what I'm hearing is that there can be an upside to worry, but there's a fine line that we can start to maybe cross to go into the dark side. Is that accurate? That's absolutely right. I mean, with the song, you know, uh, don't worry, be happy. The thing is, that's true. Don't over worry and be happy. But worry is part of uh, a natural biological system. Um, it helps us and on its good side. It, it warns us of dangers or it warns us of problems. And things like, uh, say you have a test at school, you don't think you're quite prepared. When you worry about it, if you worry on the, the, the good side of it, you're prepared more. You, you work harder on something. Uh, maybe be proactive. You want to do better in a sports competition. You're not sure you're doing well. Uh, then you, you work, again, harder. Or you maybe need to get your finances in order because you're worried about them. Well, you look exactly, where am I putting the money out? Where is the money coming in? Um, that is a good part of worry. And then also, when we over-worry, it mangles something that I think is very important, and that is our own intuitive sense. So, mm. in its good, you know, if you're not over-worried, you can also hear the quiet voice of intuition. Maybe you don't go down that dark street at night because something tells you you're worried it's not a good thing to do, and you, you go down a different street or take a, a cab home or something. So, on its good side, worry focuses on solutions. Mm, I like what you're saying, but it's also if we're saturated with this toxic worry, we're not going to be able to hear that still small voice. Exactly. It's a very noisy thing inside of our heads sometimes. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so the problem is that, you know, we go, uh, we, we take a small situation and we take it into what is a catastrophe or what I call 
terrible icing. We make something smaller into uh, into a worse situation. And most of the time, again, our minds are, are trying to protect us, but we are the ones who need to pick and choose which of those thoughts that are trying to protect us we will buy into and believe in and act on. And that's the real key. Oh, I love that. So I want to hear from your perspective, being the scientist and such, what are some of the downsides and health challenges that can be contributed to too much stress and worry? Well, you know, worry is actually part of our psychological immune system. A lot of people know about the biological immune system. That means that that is there to protect us from, again, threats and dangers. Only it uses cells and killer proteins to attack bacteria and viruses uh, that keep us mostly running smoothly. Most of the time, we're healthy. Well, worry is, is different. It doesn't use cells and T cells and B cells. It uses thoughts. So this is a system that is designed to protect us. It's almost as if thoughts are going on a conveyor belt and we're allowed, you know, we have the cognitive uh, power to pick and choose what we pay attention to. When we, uh, and if you almost think about it, it's like red and green or yellow thoughts. And if you're pulling the red ones, the, the warning thoughts, that conveyor belt goes faster and you get more red thoughts. So that, mm-hmm. uh, and if you were more, uh, you know, feel more comfortable and I'll handle this and this will be okay, that conveyor belt tends to slow down. When we, when we are choosing and speeding it up, what happens is just like we can get autoimmune diseases like lupus, uh, multiple sclerosis, when, when that immune system is out of whack, it attacks us. Well, when our psychological immune system is out of whack, it also attacks us. Now we go down uh, the side of worry and become maybe anxious or have panic attacks. Maybe we go the opposite route and we become withdrawn and depressed. So those types of things will, will cause us even greater problems when we allow it to spiral out of control and it starts to essentially attack us. Mm-hmm. And do you think that medication can help us with anxiety and worry? Well, a, a lot of money and uh, time and effort has gone into the uh, uh, creating different medications that do help us. And I am not anti-medication, but... Um, you know, one of the problems we have is that's the first thing we reach for when we have a problem. Instead of trying to figure it out, deal with the worries, we're popping the pill. And uh, these, the pills are, can be addictive. Uh, there's so many people, you know, a third of a billion prescriptions uh, in, in, this, in the U.S. Uh, for these type of drugs, psycho- psychiatric drugs, drugs, which are, you know, tranquilizers, antidepressants, they can help us, and sometimes they can restore the biological balance, but it's putting a Band-Aid over the cut, and it's mm-hmm. not helping us solve our problems, and a lot of times it creates worse problems because some of those medications don't work at all, and the side effects that they have are things like panic attack or feelings of anxiety. So it's not the quick fix um, that actually that we need, but it can be of help at times. Yes, I would agree. I, I years ago struggled intensely with anxiety and depression and tried many of the medications and found that they, they were not effective for me. I just continued with the, the therapy and that's what helped me. So do you think well, talk new, therapy been, can help? Yeah, yeah. In fact, there was a new study that was out a couple of weeks ago that said, you know, use of antidepressants alone, which is a lot of times you go to your primary care physician, they don't have time, you know, they will order uh, up an antidepressant, and only one of three of those works. You have to find which one works for you, and Mm -hmm. usually it has to, over a period of three months, you are testing, is this going to work for me? But if it doesn't, it could be nine months later before you find something that works. So, you know, part of the problem is, is that it, 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 they, they don't help and, and they cause uh, worse problems. So yes. um, that's what we have to be careful of. Yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement with you. You know, you just totally avoid everything. Like you try to avoid the bridges. People will go miles out of their way to avoid bridges if that concerns them or, you know, or walk up the stairs, never take that elevator or even we become restricted to your home because you're afraid of getting away. There, most of us have more fear than we ever want to admit and how it manifests is like a chameleon in this in this way it, if someone is afraid and this way it changes its color. Now I'm afraid of that. So, um, you know, a lot of us have, the, a lot of us struggle with this. Absolutely. It's sort of like that quote in the beginning uh, from this, uh, this gentleman, Steve Maraboli, talks about um, letting go of stress because we were never in control anyway. 
but we want to believe that we're in control because that on some level makes us feel safe. Don't you agree? I think if we could live in, in what I call perfect world, we would run, not walk, because everything is under control. Everything is fair. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and, and as you, what you're saying, Tammy, is that, you know, very little of what we uh, live and how we live our lives is under our control. And the only control we have is our reaction to what happens to us. Yes. And it's letting go of that control that really is a very key feature of getting over worry. So true. And I'm, I'm really excited about getting into this uh, in the second half of the show about really just trusting the process of life. There's so many things I want to talk to you about that you've written about in your book. Um, but first of all, I would like to go into the four core concepts that you cover in your book. Absolutely. And I'll just give you a snapshot of those. And, yes. uh, you know, I was trying to, to, to decide how do I express uh, you know, what is going on and how to get over the, the the problem of worry, I decided, you know, it is working from the inside out. That is what, really what helped me. And I go go into your inner core and make changes. And I decided the core actually pre- presented, it was an acronym, but uh, it, it really described it very accurately. And the C in core stands for choice. You know, do I choose to agree with these worry thoughts? Uh, and it's better mostly to disagree because 85% of what we worry about never happens. But I have a choice. Uh, the O in core stands for outlook. And that is, can I uh, change or am I willing to consider how to change my outlook on how I view my problems and my stresses? How can I turn this around? And I have lots of solutions to, to do that. The R in core stands for risk. Most of us who are worriers do not like to take risks, do not like the concept of risking anything. But mm-hmm. uh, if you, once you get to the point of, of building your, your own uh, inner power and your inner sense of safety, now it's the time to take a little risk, to get out of your comfort zone. How can I improve my situation? How can I take small steps to expand um, the belief in myself? Can I take that leap of faith and how to do it? And finally, the E in core stands for embracing uh, your spiritual or intuitive side. And really, that is being able to see life from a higher perspective. You know, how to engage that the spiritual, intuitive side. And that gives you a, no, a wonderful sense of strength and connection. All four of those together really are what define you being, living a life of pain and, and suffering or, or power and happiness. Mm. And, and it is, it's a beautiful process that you outline very um, succinctly, very eloquently, and very comprehensively. So I, I really um, appreciate how you've done that. Um, so the subtitle of your book is Stop Coping and Start Living. Can you give us some examples about how we can do this? Absolutely. You know, when we're just, you know, I'm not downplaying coping because sometimes we need to cope. You know, coping is a way <laughs> of handling problems, but it should be short term when, it, it, you know, uh, when, when done in short term, it, it really does help us. But the, we don't want to cope our way through life. And so one of the things that worry does is it restricts us. You know, we're no longer thinking about what makes us happy. What do we want out of life? So one of the things that I suggest is thinking about really what does make you happy, what used to make you happy that you aren't doing now. One of the things you can do is create what I call a five list. List five things that you'd love to do that you would do if you didn't feel held back. Focus on those, you know, visualize about them, write about them. Uh, You can create a vision board where you've got pictures that remind you of that. But focus on what would I do, what do I want to do. And then, you know, what we just talked about is, is risk. Once you feel more comfortable in your own skin and in your own power, it's time to actually get out and start doing some of those things that maybe are on your five list or steps into doing something, something that's smaller to step into that. Uh, and if you open up now to just open up to new possibilities, uh, how, what you want to have happen can come back to you in a different way. But focus on things, see them, direct your mind to focus on what you want to have happen, not what you don't, and be flexible with how that comes back to you. Mm, that's brilliant wisdom. And I find it so fascinating, but I, again, I agree with you. Uh, you talk about taking risk as being something positive, where I think a lot of people that are uh, dealing with stress would think risk would be something scary and, and make their lives even more worrisome. But I kind of like what you're saying. It can support us in cultivating confidence and start trusting, I think, the process of life. 
And it really requires time and it requires effort because most of us are programmed in a certain way. We were raised in a certain way. We've experienced mm-hmm. life and have these bad habits. So I think we need to be gentle with ourselves. Make that commitment that you want to change first. Surround yourself with ways to do that. You know, read good positive things. Be around positive people and keep away from negative people. But put, place yourself into a position where you can start making some changes step by step and, and slowly. But wanting to do it is, is one step, but seeing yourself do it is a very powerful way of uh, letting, uh, accomplishing that in your life. See yourself doing it and forgive yourself when you don't. Be kind to yourself and support yourself. And isn't that fascinating how being kind and gentle with ourselves doesn't come naturally for most? I know that's definitely been a hard-earned practice for me. And as a counselor, that's something I really want to support people in because it doesn't seem it's inherent for most of us. It's so vital. Yeah, it's it's absolutely true. I don't think most of us... uh, are raised to to think of it that way. We're, we're thinking more that well, that's egotistical, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, and you should always be giving, and and you should necessarily be receiving. But the thing is, when you are happier and in a happier place, people around you will also be happier. And when you are in a, a giving state to yourself then you are better able to give authentically to others. It's like, you know, drawing on good energy and recycling it back. But the first thing that needs to be done is to place that energy within yourself, to love yourself, to learn how to take care of yourself, and then you're able to give back even more than you do if you deny yourself. Mm, So true. I talk about giving from a full well versus an empty well. And the other analogies, like being on a plane and putting your oxygen mask on before trying to help anybody else. How can you really help anybody else if you're empty and, and you can't breathe? <laughs> you know? So. It's a false sense of help, isn't it? I mean, we're, we're there, we're the, we're the martyr doing this, and they, someone asked me to do that, and I'm just going to do it because, well, I'm supposed to do it. Well, one of my, one of my philosophies is that recognize that no is not a four-letter word that it's okay to say no, it's okay to self-nurture, and also to not do things that other people want and need you to do if it's draining to you and if you aren't um, uh, happy doing it. I mean, sometimes we do have to do things that, you know, are, are difficult and challenging, but at other times, just say no is, is a concept also for yourself. It's, it's not a four-letter word, and it's okay to say no. You know, that, that is such a, a, an important point that you're bringing up, Catherine. I'm really glad you're talking about this because I, it wasn't natural for me. And again, this is something I really work with people about. No is about creating a boundary for yourself. And that boundary is about protecting your connection to your heart, your soul, to source. And I think everything comes from that. And until we understand that and take care of that relationship, our lives don't tend to work with a lot of grace and ease. Well, you know, a lot of us are raised to be people pleasers. You know, we're given that philosophy, you need to give, you don't need to receive. We need to please others before we please ourselves. And, you know, that that's altruistic, but it, it's also not completely correct. As you said, you cannot give from an empty well. And when you give from a full well, it is, and it's not egotistical. It's like, I feel so much love. I want to give love to others. I feel so happy. I want to connect and be happy with others. So I think that's the level that we get. And when you're in that level, you're really not worrying. You're really not as stressed as you would be because you're handling things better and you know that you can depend on yourself to help yourself. Mm, it's it's lovely. It's really lovely. I know I've had people tell me, wow, just your presence kind of relaxes me. And I think it's because I, I take very good care of myself. I'm gentle with myself. I am giving from a full well. Or in the past, I would give the sludge at the bottom of the well. And no matter how much I tried to give from that place, people weren't happy with it anyway. <laughs> you know, I was exhausted and they were mad at me. It was it's not true. <laughs> you, you think you're doing, doing it well and doing it good, but, but, you're, but you're not, you know. And, and the thing is, it's all about energy. And I don't know mm-hmm. about how to describe this. I don't think we have the physics yet to describe it. But our energy affects others and others' energy affects us. And creating a boundary is a great idea. But also recognizing that when you're in a place of power and you're in a position of, of a loving energy and supportive energy, that's what you give out. And isn't that what we want to give out to others and what we want to receive? 
Oh, yes, I couldn't agree more. And and to me, when we get to that place, we kind of raise above the cloud line. And, and instead of having a gloomy day, we have the sunshine. And uh, we connect with other people that also are living in that space. And that's when I think life can be... Um, there's so much synchronicity. There's so much coincidence, which I know you talk about a lot in your book. I love coincidence. And I'm looking forward to getting into that conversation with you here in a little bit. So um, I'm very excited to be going also into some of your powerful and practical instant stress busters. So um, I know you have 10 of those and I'm looking forward to kind of getting into some of those. But I think we're going to be going to break here in a couple of seconds. So um, I apologize if you're hearing some stuff in the background. I have some um, uh, workers on my balcony and it's causing me a little stress, but I'm going to take a deep breath and practice what I preach. I have to practice what I preach. Practicing what I'm preaching here. It's like the calm and the storm. So I'd like for you, um, Catherine, just to you know, break this all down, put this in a nutshell uh, really quickly here. How can we stop worrying fast? Well, there's three quick ways to do it. And that is, you know, and it's um, one of the things is to live in the present moment. It sounds very simple and it sounds very usual, but instead of focusing on the, the over and done past, uh, or the, the uncertain future that we sometimes find is scary, our power lies in the present moment. So live in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember to breathe because a lot of times, even if we're living in the present moment, we're living with shortness of breath and anxiety. So live now and recognize, too, that uh, keep, your pos- keep your perspective positive. Don't focus on what you don't want. Focus on what you do want. And learn to, to what you think about you can bring about and why not focus on more peace and happiness those are are very important and the last thing is don't go to bed at night in a, in a, with worrying uh, go to bed at night in a peaceful mind frame and i have something called the 5 minute mental marinade that i wrote about on my website um and we have time later i'd be glad to to tell you briefly how that oh, works but yes. those things are that. very important yes i love that the mental marinade yeah i will want to know the details of that Something that I felt really helped me, too, uh, before I went to bed is just get my gratitude journal out. And, again, focus on the positive. Focus on the good. Focus on what I'm grateful for. And it would tend to soothe my mind so that I could kind of drift off to sleep in a less worrisome state. So, Absolutely. Just practical. focusing on that, being aware of not, because you're, otherwise you're marinating all night long in what went wrong, what do I need to do, and, and a lot of negativity. You're programming your mind to do that. So as yes. you're doing, that's what, what I say. You know, Take a few minutes before you go to bed and focus on what was right, someone that oh. you love, and deep, do some deep breathing. That's the best way to program uh, yourself for a, a nice night, and you'll wake up the same way. Mm. Yeah, definitely more reju- rejuvenating if we can start our, our sleep in, in that state of mind. So I think that's some really, really great words of wisdom. You were just um, a stellar interview, Catherine. I'm enjoying this conversation immensely. <laughs> oh, me too. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun. So we're going to get a break quickly here. And we come back, Catherine's going to share with us several of her powerful and practical instant stress busters. And we're also going to talk about how to invite more coincidence into your life. So I'm very excited about this conversation. Hang on. We'll be right back with Catherine Tristan. Have you ever lost a cat? And have you ever wanted to get your cat back after you lost it? Hi there, I'm Andrew Hoffman. I went on this website called inventnow.org. Then I decided to make an invention of my own. It's called the Lost Cat Magnet Invention. So you can get your cat back after you lost it. Just turn it on and lost cats stick to it. That's a good cat. If your cat was hiding up in a tree, it won't be up a tree anymore. It will be stuck to the lost cat magnet. And sometimes they fly toward you in the air. Just listen to one satisfied cat. See, that's proof. You should go to the inventnow.org website too. But just remember one thing. Don't do a lost cat magnet. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions or just play some games at inventnow.org. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. My sport is football, but my passion is education. My name is Namdi Asmoa, and this is how I live united. I see too many kids miss out on moving up. Kids who could go on to college, but just need that extra little push. So every year, I take promising high school students on a college tour. We check out the dorms, the library, meet some professors, find out where the best late-night grub stops are. It shows them that there's a whole world beyond their own. But what's even better is that most of these kids decide college is for them. I'm Namdi Asmoa. I show kids that a higher education means a brighter future. So when it comes to living united, I don't just wear the shirt. I live it. Join me. It takes all of us working together to make a difference. Find out how you can live united for education. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Play ball! Now pitching, Dave Black. Dave is about to catch his opponent off guard. Not with his nasty fastball. No, instead of a fastball, Dave will be hurling a tomato. And the pitch. Ooh. Using tomatoes as baseballs won't go over well with anyone. But if you're looking to hit the ball further and throw better, eating a healthy diet that includes fruits and vegetables is a home run. Packed with nutrients, they could help keep your body healthy and strong, giving you the energy you need to hit that grand slam. When you look at it this way, eating tomatoes is playing hardball against the competition. Run, throw, think, eat better. Can your food do that? Find out at smallstep.gov. At smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. You're listening to Empower Radio. Now back to Journey to Center with Dr. Tammy Belashevsky. Hello, my friends. So happy that you're spending some time with us here today on Empower Radio and Journey to Center. We are uh, hanging out with Catherine Tristan, the author of Why Worry, Stop Coping and Start Living. So this is very exciting. And I apologize for the saw in the background. There's some uh, construction going on here. So I'm going to try not to worry about it, though. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> so um, before we went to break, I teased our listeners with the fact that you're going to share with us several of your powerful and practical instant stress busters. So I'm excited about implementing them right here and right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, a couple is, uh, you know, we had already talked about focusing on the present moment. That That's one. But an, another thing is uh, is to um, uh, take an e-holiday, take an electronic holiday. I've just added this because I found myself looking at that green blinking eye on my phone constantly and checking my email all day and going, wait a minute, I have to stop this. This is too stressful. And they, they've done new studies to show that the heart rate goes up, you know, when, uh, when we're um, doing too much on the computer, too much on our phones and things like that. So take an e-holiday once in a while. Um, you know, and one of the things you can do, too, is when you enter a stressful situation, say a calming phrase. Have it ready for you. One of the things my mother always said, and she had five kids and was a single mother, um, all uh, this too shall pass. So one of the things is have something that connects with you that you can pull out when you, you need to sort of self uh, comfort yourself a little bit. Another thing is, um, you know, just even to get out, be physical, do activity, take a hike. They don't call it Mother Nature for nothing because it's a very nurturing thing to do. So, uh, you know, go out, get connect, do something uh, productive and enjoyable, whether it's bowling or cleaning a closet, uh, biking, find things that you like to do and do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another thing is just smile. Studies show that even if you don't mean it, smiling increases mood-enhancing endorphins. And in my opinion is if you really mean it and smile, you probably have a lot more endorphins coming out. So even smiling uh, can, can help uh, be a very good stress buster. Mm. This is uh, quite uh, wonderful. Uh, something you're talking about, about technology, taking an e-holiday, I found... Um, Technology not to be nurturing so much. Nature is definitely more nurturing than technology. And just taking that day away from my computer, I couldn't believe how mellow I felt. 
It's like just taking, just unplugging, giving yourself permission to unplug. So that's some really, really good little nuggets of wisdom that you've shared there. And I know they're highly effective. And it's hard to do, you know, it's like, it oh my hard. gosh, what do you mean I'm not going to check my email or to go, you know, but the thing is, uh, you just put your, your message, your auto message on or something. But the the point of it is, is that we're, we're, it crunches us for time and it also is help at shooting out, causing to shoot out lots of cortisol in our bodies because it is on a level stressful when, especially when repeated and, um, you know, we're texting, uh, the average adult texts about 400 times a day. The average teen, it's about 3,700 texts per, uh, per month, per month, not per day. And so it's, um, you know, these are just kind of things that we get into the habit of, and, and I'm as guilty as the next person, and I have to temper that. Mm. Yes, you bring up some really good points here. So I have to say, Catherine, one of my favorite chapters in your book is about embracing spirit. Embracing your spirit as the doorway to healing. So I'm really excited to hear more about this. I loved writing this chapter, and I loved also more mm-hmm. having this aspect enhanced more in my life because it's it's the connection that we have as as um, non-material beings and however you want to define that how whatever the connection is that you feel comfortable with the thing that that i believe is the the quote by uh, Telhard de chardin is that we're not uh, uh spiritual beings having a human experience we're we know that's that we're not human whatever it is <laughs> i'll have to find out what that is we're but not human beings Yes, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. Right. We are, we are spiritual beings having a, human, having a human experience. And I think that is yes. the, the wrapping to the gift, and that is that we are already spirit. And, and really trying to understand the science behind it and, and how that works is fascinating. Ultimately, right now, we can't figure things like that out, but I think they're fabulous and, and how we can be helped by uh, coincidences, by these synchronicities. I think this is a fascinating subject. It really is. And I know quantum physics kind of starts cracking the door open to this. And people say, well, is there proof? And I said, "My, I don't need proof because I have experience. I don't, I don't just believe it. I know it because I live it. And, and it's hard to explain or prove to somebody who's not quite there yet. But just having the conversation to me is, is fun. And I don't care if I convince anyone or not. It's working for me. So, um, yeah, I love, love, love this quote in your book uh, about this subject. Uh, you say, lasting healing from the negative effects of worry proceeds from the inside out, empowered by a deeper connection to your spirit. Embracing your inner spiritual and intuitive side allows you to surge beyond limitation and head into remarkable, a remarkable realm. In this quiet space, you're safe and protected, nurtured, loved, and powerful. That just and, you know, feels so good. Oh, it does. And it's just, you know, when you can take the leap of faith to work more on your spirit side, you, you really have a connection to a power that doesn't desert you and a power that is interior that will, will, will get you through a lot of stresses and challenges. And I think, you know, what you were talking about with, with science and trying to prove things, that there actually are steps now, uh, different scientific disciplines that are looking into this. There, there's a new discipline called neurotheology. Neuro being, you know, brains, uh, uh, nerves, and theology, of course, the study of the divine. So neurotheology is something that's um, uh, making, uh, doing scientific studies on people, for instance, doing um, studies on monks who are meditating and looking, doing yes. brain scans. And one of the things they found was on, uh, there's a portion of the brain called the parietal region, and it actually has decreased activity. And this is the region that orients us in time and space, and it, it kind of is consistent with the idea that we are all connected, that there's a, there's a oneness and a unity to all of us. So we're beginning to slowly bridge the gap between uh, science and woo-woo, and it's, uh, woo-woo is winning out. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I'm excited. <laughs> That's going to be my quote for the day. Woo woo is winning out because people call me woo woo all the time. And, and I like it. I like being woo woo. <laughs> I love woo woo. And they're, you know, they're actually doing, I mean, there are things like too. There's science behind this, even though we can't explain everything yet, that even they have random number generators all over the world. It's Institute of Noetic Sciences, and they find that when when things happen that or affect a lot of people, that those generators are no longer random. They tend to they show a pattern. So you know, even that type of thing shows that an energy that we can't define or explain yet is having an impact. Uh, it, you know, it showed changes right before 9/11, yes. the, the Japanese tsunami, uh, even Princess uh, Diane's funeral. When when things happen of a global nature, it does make a difference, and um, and so we are connected in, in different ways that we don't quite know yet. Yes, I love that the science of woo woo. It's it's catching up. <laughs> science of woo-woo. So I just love that you're a scientist and you know about these things because it's not always easy to have these conversations with people of science, but you certainly have done a lot of soul work as well. So I just, I, I'm just enjoying this thoroughly. So something else that you talk about that I'm excited about getting into is the magic of coincidence. So what does that mean from your perspective? Well, I love this topic, too, because how many times have things happened to us where, like, what was that all about? Or how did I run into this person? I was just thinking about this person. and Or this uh, amazing coincidence just happened. And sometimes it's like, well, what did that mean? And I couldn't find anything that it meant. But one of the things that I think happens is, is, is like the law of attraction, that, that what you put something out energetically you're changing your waves or your um, particles that go out and somehow it connects with a like experience Mm -hmm. as something you draw to you you know what you think about expands and so uh, thoughts have power and what happens is that for me when I was uh, trying when I was getting over uh, my worry and anxiety one of the things that happened that I tell in the book is that I kept seeing license plates with ASK and then three numbers. And ASK, of course, is ask. And I thought, why am I seeing two of those when I go to work today and then three when I'm coming home? And, you know, St. Louis has uh, millions of, of people in cars. And eventually I kept seeing it and I would just smile, like, I know this means something, but what? And I kind of decided to ask myself, ask myself, what does this mean? What, what is the significance of this experience in, in my life? And I know that if I put a thought out there and ask for help, that it will come back. You know, some, some way I will have some explanation. And all I, yes. I heard was that ask for what you want. See yourself doing things that you are asking of yourself and of life. Ask and you shall receive it in a simple yes. way. And I think eventually I stopped seeing those, but um, that was one of the things that right before my, my breakthrough through uh, to get over my anxiety, um, that was right there. And then I'd have other things. I, I kept what's called, what I call the meta moments journal, like metaphysics, things that would happen that were just felt like I had a connection in some way, that I had guidance in some way, that things mm-hmm. could happen to help me, that I had some other source of strength and help. Um, that is a wonderful feeling, and, and I think we all can get that. I think it's true. Um, I, when I started opening to coincidence being kind of like signposts and God winks, I really started to relax into this feeling state of being just so loved and so supported. And I have, I've allowed the coincidences to be kind of my guideposts for the direction I go in my life. I ask a question, God, should I sell my condo? God, should I do this? God, should I do that? And then I just sit back and I pay attention to the information that shows up. And this was one of the quotes I put on Facebook today that people just, there's an overwhelming response to it. You say, for our lives to work, all we may need to do is worry less and pay more attention to coincidence. That's so profound. And, and, it's, and it's true. And I think we need, you know, you need to have a discriminating ear um, to your connection to that. But, you know, it's helped me so many times, and it, and it just does. And, and even in, in terms of, of uh, science, I, I put a quote in the book from, see if I can get this one right, from uh, uh, Albert Einstein, that the intuitive mind is a sacred gift rational mind is a faithful servant. 
And so what we want is to encourage the intuitive mind. We don't know how this connects, but I know that if I need to, 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 to learn something, to, to have something happen, I'm going to release the need for me to control the world, to me to control the experience, and release and see what guidance that I have, what way should I be going, what way will further you know, my best interest and the interest of others, you know, the good of myself and the good of others. How can I do that? by relaxing, not worrying, and putting things out there that you want, and then watch the coincidences as they happen. Of course, make a decision about them, but, but yes, be open to the guidance that we have. Yeah, and, and for me, this has really been about cultivating a friendship, a, a, a real friendship, a literal friendship with the universe. And I trust that friendship so much now, and boy, does that change everything. And isn't it comforting? It's comforting. It's uh, enlightening. It's the kind of thing where, okay, I don't have to control everything. And when I don't have to control everything, I know things flow the way it's supposed to flow, not always the way I'm demanding of the situation, but, but for the greater good in some way. And I think that is a, that's a comfort uh, that it helps us all also be less anxious about how things are going to turn out because even if they don't turn out well, it can also lead us into the path that we need to be taking. And just open up to that is a, is a, is a way to be more comforted and, and more uh, happy. Yes, and, and I know that this may be getting redundant, but I have another quote from your book. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. I, love it. I love it so much. <laughs> As we pay attention on building the connection to our spirit, an invisible portal opens that allows the energy of creation to enter our lives. If we open our inner eyes to the subtle hues of spirit, we experience delicate changes in our perceptions that can reveal helpful information, paths of renewal, and pillars of support. To me, that is heaven on earth. And it's just like opening up, if you're a Star Trek fan, a wormhole to the, to the divine, to the spiritual. We don't yes. know how this happens with energy. We, we don't understand it. But right now, it's okay if we don't understand it. The fact that, it, that there is that connection that's possible, that the, the magic of coincidence can help guide us. And, um, and that connection to our spiritual side is something that is so empowering in, in every way possible. It's certainly worth the effort to try to cultivate that. Uh, to me, it's the most important thing. It's like when I meditate and make spirit first in my life, my life works. And when I forget to do it or let, things are working, so I kind of go off the path a little bit, it's not long before life really isn't working so much anymore. So I make it a, a practice just to recommit every day to the universe and just take five minutes of quiet time to just really uh, make that relationship a priority. And boy, that just that just really supports me in so many ways that are just beyond explanation, beyond putting into words. And you know what, what launches you also into that path is to, you know, when things do happen that are good in your life, keep track of them and it, 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 keep a, a journal or, you know, what are you grateful for? Where instead of blaming, let's be grateful for what we have that's right. When you focus on what's right, you draw more of that same energy to you. And so the coincidence, coincidences now are helpful. So even opening up, you know, when I do the same thing that, that you just described, is that if I'm starting to get off, I go, have I meditated? Have I gone into that relaxed state where I can just give up the need to, to uh, interact in all these different ways in my life and just go to a quiet, peaceful place. And, and then also just be grateful. I start and end my meditations by just feeling grateful. And I also uh, don't do it every day, but I do it a lot. And that's keep um, track of what I'm grateful for and just write it down. I think that's great. And I just had another idea as you were um, speaking uh, like a synchronicity journal, because if we want more synchronicity, I know what you say is true. What we focus on, we attract. We go the direction we focus our thoughts and feelings. So if you're writing down the synchronicities, it's quite likely that um, we'll continue to experience more and more and more of that, um, that support in those weeks from the universe. I just love that so much. So I think that's such great... Uh, uh, wisdom and advice again, Catherine. This is such good stuff. So well, thanks, and it only... does help to manifest different, better things in your life when you have focused intention and you're aware, uh, 
bring your awareness to what you want to have happen, um, whether it's getting that magical relationship or getting that job or just feeling more comfortable and in, in doing something. Uh, it's focused intention and, and perseverance and, and then release. Well, and it does take discipline. I found it interesting to, to kind of tap into the notion that disciple is really the root word is discipline. And it it does take discipline. We can all say we want all these things, but it takes a certain amount of um, effort and paying attention to our thoughts and directing our thoughts. And, and again, I think making that um, relationship with our spirit a priority. It's easy to say, but then we've also got to take those action steps. And, well, uh, you know, you know what it requires too is a hefty amount of forgiveness because one of the things we need to do <laughs> also is forgive ourselves when we, we don't measure up. Like I am going to meditate now 20 minutes, but then it's like my mind is everywhere. I'm doing my grocery list and I didn't realize I was doing it. And then I stop and go, oh, this is not impossible. But the thing is, if when you practice, you, you just practice for a little amount of time and you, you allow thoughts to just dissolve. Let them come, but don't judge yourself for having them. If you're trying to meditate unsuccessfully, just try to do it uh, more and more often. Practice helps. And also forgive yourself and don't become angry if it's not working out the way you want because that draws, again, negative energy to you. So self-forgiveness is important in a lot of ways, whether it's trying to meditate or even uh, not living up to to one's expectations about anything. So true. It comes back to what we were saying in the beginning of the show, you know, to judge ourselves and beat ourselves up really is going to just create more stress and more worry. So if we can just, like, be gentle with ourselves nurture ourselves, forgive ourselves. I think really that's one of the biggest points of even, you know, being human. I think it's one of the biggest reasons we incarnate is to just learn to love ourselves no matter what. And there are things that we want that we can't have. I mean, I had to forgive myself for having anxiety for so many years. And I could have gone, once I got over this, this, I could have thought, well, gosh, I had so many years. Why didn't I get over this sooner? It's like, no, I am grateful for every experience in my life. It has made me the person that I am today. I have learned from my experiences. And it's the kind of thing that I just say, everything has a reason, and I'm just happy to be where I am right now, and, and that is good enough. And just self-forgiveness is an important thing, whether you didn't do something you felt you should have. It's like you probably did the best you could, so let it lie there. Mm, that's so true. One of my teachers said this, and I had to sit with it for a while before I came into agreement with it. Um, everybody, everybody, including me, including you, including everybody who's listening, is always doing the best they can given their level of consciousness. And that last part of the sentence is important, given their level of consciousness. I've always done the best I knew how to in that moment, given what I thought and believed to be true about the nature of life. And boy, that really helped me forgive myself for some things that I regretted. Well, and it helps to forgive others, too, because a lot of yes. times in our lives, especially if we have anxiety uh, or, or panic attacks and not just worry, there are bad things that have happened in our lives. And there, you know, the idea of forgiveness, forgiving us and for, forgiving others who have, have hurt or, or harmed us is something that is good. It doesn't say that we um, agree with what has happened or what someone has done to us, but we forgive the experience and, as you said, the level of the person who was involved in it. And forgiveness does one other thing, and that helps launch you into forgiving the experience in your life, allows that to pass through you and not to have the negative hold that it can have. So uh, mm-hmm. forgiveness, forgiveness on a self-level can be be slight and mild, or it could be something that we need to work on on a major level because of things that have happened to us in our own lives. Yeah. Uh, And again, that's so profound. That's so profound. And I have found as I've learned to forgive myself, it's easier to forgive others. And as I forgive others, then I go deeper in forgiving myself. And it's this just this this process that's continuing to to evolve and it's really kind of softened my heart softened me and in turn it's made life much more gentle with me i think you're right instead of being so hard driving and you know perfectionistic perfectionistic blaming or even feeling guilty uh that i should have done this or someone should have done that and it's it does it's a, it, it is uh 
a kinder way to, to handle yourself, a kinder way to think about life, and, and then to act with more kindness. That's, yes. that's the wonderful thing about making changes in your life and deciding to make changes step by step, little by little, is that it, it makes you a, a better person uh, and a happier person. Yeah, give me more of that. And, and uh, you know, sometimes I actually will, I spend a lot of time talking to myself where, you know, if I've got these worry thoughts, for instance, I, I might be telling myself, instead of telling myself, that's so stupid, why are you thinking that way? I think, you know, thank you for that thought, but that's not helping me. Give, Please give me thoughts that will help me. And so, um, and I, I'm talking to myself constantly because, you know, the thoughts are there and it's like they're coming from somewhere, but I would like to change some of that sometimes. And so I think we do have the power to work on ourselves and also to try to get that, that uh, helpful psychological immune system to, to feed us a little bit better thoughts than what we want because it, a little bit it acts robotically. So I'm trying to program myself all the time, but it's a work in progress. It is, and it, it is. It's about taking responsibility and setting your intentions and just doing the best you can. And I, I love what you're doing. I love what you're teaching. You are doing some remarkable work, Catherine. So if somebody's interested in knowing more about you, connecting with you, getting your book, how can they do that? Well, you can, you can check out my website, which is whyworrybook.com, those three words, whyworrybook.com. Uh, you can also email me. I'm uh, Tristan, T-R-I-S-T-A-N, at whyworrybook.com. Uh, you can also, if you want the book, it's, it's pretty well available anywhere, at Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, an e-book, a paper book. Any place that you normally get books, you should be able to get it. And it's an easy read. I, I put my heart and soul into that because it meant so much to me to try to extend what I learned to help others. So I encourage anybody just to, to take a look at it, see if it's something that you find could help you. Well, and again, it is. I, I love that you're a scientist with this huge heart. It really is a heartfelt read, and I, I enjoyed it uh, immensely and got great value from it. And like I said, some amazing quotes that will be up on my Facebook <laughs> later <laughs> well, <thank> today. <laughs> yeah, it's been really awesome to connect with you, Catherine. This has just been an honor and a privilege. And to my listeners, I just want to thank you for taking some time from your day to hang out with us on Empower Radio. I hope you are feeling the grace, ease, the love, and the joy that we are sending out from our hearts to yours. So if you want to get a hold of me, I would love to hear from you. You can go to my website, TammyBPhD.com. I have a guided meditation to support you in relaxing and stepping into uh, the center of yourself. And I also have, um, if you would like to fill out a form, I, I'm doing half-hour strategy sessions with people. So I would love to connect with you, get your opinions, get your thoughts, get your feedback. I um, would love to connect with you on Facebook as well. Are you on Facebook, Catherine? Uh, yes, I am. It's Catherine Tristan. Bye for now. 